Praise God. If you got your Bible, open it up to Genesis chapter 1. And uh, we're gonna, I'm just going to give you about a five-minute review because I'm going to pick up where the last couple of weeks have been. And uh, like uh, John and Sherry and the Hogg family have been in Colorado a couple of weeks, different people. Maria maybe have not been here. So I want to give you just five minutes of where, where we've been so that whenever we hook up to the train, get going down the track, you know where we're going. Uh, we started just a week before last talking about in the beginning, the Bible says that God or Elohim created the heavens and the earth and that word Elohim just means a transcendent being who, who gives benefits and who is uh, uh, in, involved in the lives of humans and transcendent just means that God is omnipresent he's omniscient and he's omnipotent and that means that God knows everything he's present everywhere at the same time and he has all the power nobody else has power like our God nobody else has understanding like our God and nobody else is everywhere at the same time. He's in China and he's in Jupiter. He, he just encompasses everything. In the beginning, this all-encompassing, all-powerful, all-knowing God created the heavens and the earth. And yet we saw last week in verse 2, it says that the earth was void and without form. And that word void and without form just means and the earth was in chaos without purpose without arrangement and we saw well if a god that knows everything can do everything and has all the power why would he create a world that that is chaotic no arrangement no purpose but we saw in isaiah chapter 45 verse 18 he says i did not create the world without purpose or in vain he says i established it and i i made it to be inhabited well if god uh, the the all-wonderful God that we're speaking of, Elohim, if he created something awesome, how in between verse 1 and verse 2, how did we get from a, a world that God created and established as good all the way in verse 2, it says that it was not good, that it was without form and chaotic and without arrangement. There must have been some event that happened in between verse 1 and verse 2. In Luke chapter 17, Jesus said, I saw the devil, Lucifer, fall from heaven like lightning. Boom! And, and he was put at, at the earth. He was put here. So could that be the event that, that took a good world and made it a bad world? Well, last week we just started looking at the devil, who he was, uh, where he came from, what his purpose is, because he has a right to be here. Uh, uh, Adam gave him that right. So we have to deal with with the devil we saw who he was and all these things about the devil thank God we've moved on beyond the devil so so we looked at Elohim who God is and how awesome and wonderful and powerful and amazing he is and, and last week we looked at the devil and how how he's not all-knowing he's not all-powerful and he's not all-present he is not Elohim there's only one Elohim and Elohim created the devil and banished the devil and we ended last week seeing where it says in revelations that a giant angel is going to take chains take the dragon and chain him for a thousand years in a bottomless pit everybody say amen to that so that that why the devil's demise from that but this week i want to look at man if we looked at elohim 
just a little bit. You understand, we're trying to cram a lot into 35 minutes. If we looked at God and He is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present, how awesome and amazing He is, and we spent a week looking at the devil, let's see who, who is man. Who are you? Why are you here? What did you? What, what were you created for? And honestly, this is going to take a few weeks to get through. While I'm studying, I'm just like, my God, I could go a thousand directions with man's purpose, man's condition. I mean, you could go all of these different places. But I just want to start in Psalms chapter 8 this morning and find out what is man. What is man? Because here, after, after the Bible says in verse 2 of Genesis that, that the earth was without form and it was void, but the Spirit of God began to move upon the face of the deep. You want me to switch? The Spirit of God, in verse 2 it says, the Spirit of God began to move on the face of the deep. What does that mean? Well, apparently, uh, the, the God Elohim created everything and it was good and it was it, it was perfect and then the devil somehow messed all of this stuff up but God went into action God has a plan I mean y'all know God has a plan Amen. God has a plan and immediately uh, the, all of a sudden God he gets tired of the devil or he gets tired of the fact that his creation is no longer wonderful and the spirit of God the Bible says begins to move upon the face of of the deep and then suddenly God says light be boom and light the Bible says light appears and he says he called the 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 morning or the the light morning and he called the darkness evening so all of a sudden the spirit of God begins to move in the middle of chaos purposelessness uh that's not a real word uh <laughs> And immediately God begins to move the spirit of God begins to move and then the word of God well we know that whenever God said light be he didn't that's not when he created the sun he didn't create the sun until day four but but so what was the light well the light of God's word all of a sudden just the, the moving of the spirit of God is moving upon chaosness and purposes and God's the light of his word just says light be the Bible says that in in, in heaven there is no darkness or shadow of turning that, that it gets its light from God and the light of God's word just bam right into that situation and I don't know in all of us I'm sure uh, we were had purposeless chaotic lives where things didn't seem to be going but all of a sudden the spirit of God would begin to move upon you and upon your heart and maybe you started coming to a church or somebody gave you a track or somebody witnessed to you or gave you a book or gave you a CD or whatever they did but the spirit of God begins to move upon you and then the light of God's word the gospel of God just light be and bam all of a sudden your heart just opens up and things that were chaotic and didn't have purpose and that were messed up the the light of God's word comes in and just blows you wide open to him and then God begins to orchestrate and to fix and bring in order different facets of creation. And he does the same things with us. He finds purposeless, chaotic people that have been messed up by the devil. He hits them with the light of God's word. And then he begins rearranging and fixing and bringing in order things that were destroyed. And here in Genesis chapter 1, we see that light be, bam. And all of a sudden he starts and he takes 
takes six days. And of course, we think of a day as 24 hours, but the Bible says that a day to God is as a thousand years. So could it have taken 6,000 years to create the earth? I don't know. There's, who knows? It may have taken 60,000 or 6 million years. We know the day as being 24 hours. I'm saying that he lives in a limitless, timeless universe. It may have taken way more than 24 times 6 to create our planet. We don't know how long it took him, but he begins to rearrange and fix and bring order and then he creates a God man to keep and sustain that order he creates a God man and he calls him Adam and he says I'm putting you on the planet to maintain that restored order and purpose that I've, I've ordained for this planet and now we start to see man Psalms chapter 8 how many of y'all listening fast because I'm talking real fast Praise God, Psalms chapter 8. I love the stage of creation as I'm reading Genesis chapter 1. There's just different stages. And y'all glad that God's so meticulous and he's so, I mean, he's just amazing the way he creates and he designs and he thinks different than we think. He says, my thoughts are higher than your thoughts. My ways are higher than your ways. You want things microwaved? And he says, I just don't operate like that. And he takes time and he fashions and he's, he's doing all of this stuff and, and, and and here we see the different stages of man. We're leaving Genesis, the creation chapter, going to Psalms chapter 8 so that we can see a different perspective. Because here we have David sitting on the back of a hill. And David didn't have television and stuff. He looked. His television was the stars and the, the, the shooting stars and the comets. He laid out there. He was a shepherd. So, so he would commune and talk to God under the open skies and he would write psalms and hymns and spiritual psalms and, and he would converse with God and many times he's writing his own words and yet he's really speaking of other individuals and here David is speaking from his own self but it's also he's speaking uh, from, from an angel's perspective I want you to just see that this morning in verse 1 of chapter 8 I'm sorry, I'm going to start in verse 3. Uh, he says, when I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars that you have ordained. What's he doing? David's saying, he's saying, whenever I consider what your hands have created. How many of y'all know he did not have the Hubble telescope? I love, I got a giant book of the Hubble telescope and, and they're seeing millions and millions of miles into outer space and discovering things that David never saw. And yet we see him as just like, he's so amazing, his ability to create. And here David, he says, whenever I consider just what I can see, on certain nights I can see Saturn and on certain nights I could see, you know, a lunar eclipse on certain nights. And he says, whenever I consider the work of your hands he has a question and it's the same question i believe that angels have he says what is man and that's the question that i want to go over this morning is what is man considering everything that you've created what is man and that word man there means sinful weak and mortal actually put it there in your bulletin there it's the word enosh i believe every angel in heaven looks down from heaven and he says what is this sinful weak mortal 
person, this being that you created. David is saying, when I consider everything that you made, what is this weak, sinful, mortal man? He says that he, the, the word actually means a creature that is forgetful of his creator. How many of y'all know we forget about God a lot? It's just a part, I mean, it's part of life. You're going through life, you get busy. And we're, we're sinful and we're mortal and we make mistakes and we have shortcomings and we say things that we shouldn't say and, we, we, you know, we want to punch people right in the nose and we have a lot of things about us that, that are sinful and we're mortal. We're, we're, we're created to die. Our bodies, they die. Our spirit, of course, never dies. And yet they're asking, they say, uh, what is this creation that's forgetful of its creator and his duty to him. So he asks, he says, what is man that thou art mindful of him and the son of man that thou visitest him? For you have made him a little lower than Elohim is that word. Now we've already gone over what Elohim means. He's an omniscient, omnipotent, all-knowing, created being. And here, David, and I believe every angel is saying, why are you so interested in this sinful, weak, mortal creation that you've made? Why are you so interested and you've made him a little lower than yourself? You've created him a little bit under your own self. And stage one or step one I want you to see or the thing that he's so interested in is he said that he, he says, why are you mindful of this creation? Why are you mindful of what you created? You've created galaxies. You've created the earth, the oceans. Every, you know, I have in my house a, a big saltwater tank. You know, it's probably as long as that table, maybe longer big giant saltwater tank and I love it I've had saltwater tanks since I was probably 13 and you know I've killed every fish you can kill I've killed them all there's not a fish that you can buy that I have not flushed down the toilet and some of them with tears because that was like a hundred dollar fish and when you're like 15 you buy a hundred dollar fish and you flush you like oh my god I can't believe you you're Oh my God, my clown trigger is dead. I mean, I've killed them all. I've killed every shrimp. I've killed all of them. And yet every one of them I buy and I'm fascinated to look at and to watch and just see things that you never see walking around on earth. You've got these things that, that are in the ocean that he's created. And David says, listen, you've created everything and yet this man that you've created, you're mindful of him. Why? What is it about this? Oh, why can't you just wipe them out and start over? What is it about this man that you're so mindful of? And we've looked at before, well, talking about mindful, that the Bible says that God thinks about you more than, the, more than all of the sands of the sea. And God knows all the hairs that are on your head. But, but one thing the Lord spoke to me, he says, it's not just how much I think about my creation, it's that I created everything with them in mind. What's that mean? That means God doesn't just think about you a bunch. That means everything he created created and fashioned he did with you in his brain he did it with you in mind everything that you enjoy everything that you gaze at and look upon everything that you love he made it with you in mind if you were on his brain everything that he's done he's done he's mindful of you god thank good thank god for how mindful and then the second thing is is not only are you mindful of him 
not only are you mindful, not, every, not only did you create everything with him in your mind, this sinful, mortal thing, but he says you actually visit him. Come on, just wrap your brain. Just, just use your imagination here. Not only that this, is he mindful of us, but he actually visits with us. The God that created everything put himself in a box. In the Old Testament, he said, build me a box and cover it with gold. And I'm going to put my presence. I want to be with my creation so bad that I'm going to live in a box. And you're going to carry me around in a box. And you're going to come into the temple and you're going to offer. You're going to put the blood of animals in that box. And everywhere you carry that box and you honor that box and you love that box, he says, I'm actually going, you're going to win the battles. I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you a cloud that keeps you cool in the daytime. I'm going to give you a fire that keeps you warm at night. God, visit. he's willing to get in a box to hang out with us. Not only that, he says, not only am I going to get in a box, through Jesus, he says, God, the creator of everything says I'm gonna become a baby born in a manger I want to visit my creation so bad I'm gonna take on the form of a servant I'm gonna come in the form of a baby and I'm gonna be tempted in every like manner that you're tempted in Everything that you go through, all of your difficulties, the things that you don't like he says I'm gonna experience all of them and not only does he visit us in a baby, he says, then I'm going to get on a cross. Good night, Lord Jesus. Can't you imagine every angel in heaven saying, why are you so consumed with this person you made out of dirt? Why are you so mindful of this individual that you created everything with him in mind and now you're willing to get in a box? You're willing to, to, to die on the cross, come as a baby? What is man that you're so mindful of him? Listen, we're, we're going somewhere with this morning because I want you to walk out knowing you're not regular. You're not regular and you did not come from a monkey. You just didn't. He's not mindful of the monkeys. He's mindful of you. And he's willing to go to extreme lengths to visit you. God, he wants to visit you. What's the next thing he says that he does? I have my scripture there, Exodus 33, chapter 11. We'll look at it. Or you put it up on the screen, Mandy. God visits us. The Bible says, so the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. The Bible says that God walked with Adam in the cool of the day. As a man speaks to his friend. And Moses would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua the son of Nun a young man would not depart from the tabernacle. What's that mean? God just visits us. He's willing to get face to face with you. Next one. What is man that you're mindful of him, the son of man that you visit him? For you've made him a little lower than the angels or of Elohim is the word there. And he says, and you've crowned him with glory and honor. Come on, you can see the stages here that they're going through. 
Come on, you, you think about him, you're willing to visit him, but now you're so mindful of this pile of dirt that you'll actually crown him or make him the crown jewel of all of your creation. And you're going to give him your own glory and your own honor. He says, you're actually, you've put a portion of your own glory. And I do say portion. Uh, you've put some of your own, that word glory just means, I'll read it to you. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. That word glory, the actual, the, the first word is the word kabod, and it just means heavy or weightiness. It means splendor. Mm. All right, put it up there. Splendor, power, wealth, authority, magnificence, comma, fame, dignity, riches, and excellency. What is man that, that you're mindful of him, that you visit him, and now you're going to give him of some of your own fame. You're going to crown him with some of your own dignity, with some of your own excellency, with some of your own splendor. You're going to make a heaviness about him that, that whenever, listen, whenever you walk into a room, atmospheres change. You may not understand it, but listen, at the zoo, you're the one that's watching the animals. The animals, right, you don't ever go to a zoo and there's a bunch of, uh, you know, a bunch of sharks that are watching a bunch of humans. No, God's given you the honor and the splendor. He made you to have dominion over the beast of the field, the fowl of the air, everything that creeps. He says, God's given you a portion of his glory and his honor, magnificent adornment and splendor in spite of your smallness relative to the vastness of creation. Can't you just see David and every angel? He says, listen, they're such a small part of your creation. They're such a minute part. I mean, you think about how big the earth is and how big uh, all of the solar systems and the galaxies. I mean, man is such a tiny, tiny part of it. And, and, and in relative to how small they are, you've given them a portion of your own honor, of your own glory. The next thing he says, and he says, and you've given him dominion over everything that you've created. The works of your hand, you've given this sinful, mortal man with a lot of problems. A lot of hang-ups, a lot of, you know, I talk to some of you guys, and you can tell whenever you talk to you, you don't understand, you just feel like, you know, I'm not very good, or I'm not very intelligent, I'm not very smart, I'm not very talented, I don't have a lot going for me, and there's angels in heaven right now that are saying, my God, he's mindful of you, he visits you, he crowns you, he's made you a little bit lower than his own self, and he wants to do, he's given you dominion over everything that he's created. Now this is the kicker, because here it is your part. Because right now everything sounds awesome. I mean, I think it sounds awesome. Like, oh my God, this is awesome, man! It's just all awesome. But but here he says, now here's the responsibility part. Because he says, listen, if he's mindful of you, if he visits you, if he does all of this stuff, he's given you dominion. That word dominion there seems like some more awesome. But actually, the word dominion there it means he's given you the responsibility. And this is where the kicker is. Because for a few verse, we're kind of on cloud nine as to how awesome we all are. And we can walk out of here feeling like, man, I am a Mac Daddy. Let's go with that one. I am amazing. And yet here he says, I've given you the responsibility. What's the responsibility? He says, with, he says, with dominion 
He says there's actually responsibility and there's privilege. He says, I'm giving you the privilege to oversee everything that I created. The earth was without form and void. It was a mess. I brought it back into order and now I've put a God-man on the earth to, to do all these things and I'll visit you. I'll walk with you in the cool of the day. I, I'm mindful. Everything I created, I created with you in mind. He told Adam, he said, Adam, the gold is by the river of Orpha. He says the best fruit and the best water. He told Adam where all the good stuff was in the garden. Come on, he created it all for us but he says now you have a responsibility here he says i'm giving you dominion but i'm giving you responsibility it's up to you to do what well we got to turn over to genesis chapter one i've got to hurry we got to go back to genesis i don't know all the words yet Thank you. Praise God. Are right, you got it up there, Mandy? Put Genesis chapter 1 up there. We're going to start in verse 26. Here's the answer. The angels are asking, David's asking, what is man that you're so mindful? Why, why, why do you visit him? Why do you do all this for him? Why do you give him a measure of your own glory and your own honor? And you give him dominion over, over everything. Well, why? God in chapter 1 verse 26, God says, let us make man or let us make a being in our image. What's our image? In our likeness. He says, according to our likeness, and let them, who's them, man and woman, not just men here. He actually says them. All the ladies say amen. amen. Don't let them keep you down, ladies. Come on. Girl power, how do you do it? I don't know. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth and every creeping thing. Come on, ladies, you have authority over that roach. Come on, do not call me again to get up off of the sofa because of the arachnid that happens to be in your shoe. If you would just take your rightful place in the kingdom of God and go out there and take dominion, if the woman would have taken dominion over the serpent. Just kidding. Have dominion over everything. He says that's your assignment is... You control and help maintain things and keep them in order. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. He used the words create three different times. Male and female, he created them. Every time he uses the word creative, he actually uses a different Hebrew word. Don't have time to go into it this morning. But he's trying to get three different concepts of creation over to you and just how bad to the bone he wants you to be and live and operate. And the first step is just understanding. Does this give you a license to go out and, you know, be whatever sometimes people try to twist and turn things to? No, no, it has nothing to do with that. But it has to do with he created you for something. 
And he created you for a purpose. And he created everything with you in mind. And if you'll submit to that and get knowledge and get understanding and, and, and obey God and, and take dominion with responsibility, then the sky's the limit. There's nothing you can't do. Come on, think about what man has already accomplished. We could talk about DNA and every scientific thing and all of the, I mean, this bark, penicillin. I mean, you could just go down the line of how awesome man is putting people on the moon just the Wright brothers flying Henry Ford a combustible engine come on you could go down the line of how creatively and technically amazing man is and all of it comes from our creator he's designed us for greatness and to be awesome he says he says God created man in his own image in his own way he created him male and female he created them then God blessed them and God said to them be fruitful multiply fill the earth and subdue it have dominion over the fish of the sea the birds of the now listen dominion here again people think well you can go fishing and command fish to get in the boat really not what he's talking about you can try it you know if you want to, but he's really not talking to, listen, I like to go, we go goose hunting, and I don't call, you know, dominion, I just took dominion, why, because there's somebody that had brains to make a call, and to make a gun, and all those things were created, so that I can go out, now I'm not going to go out there and say, birds, come in, in Jesus' name, no, I'm out there, but I'm still exercising dominion, come on, you don't see sharks walking around with a stringer full of humans, no, humans are walking around with stringers full of sharks, and we take dominion, we subdue it, we nurture it, and care for it, and take care of it, we have the responsibility, it's part of what we're called to do, next week I'm going to get more into purpose, and what your real purpose is, we're just kind of laying some groundwork this morning I've got to quit God blessed them he said be fruitful subdue it take dominion over the fish of the sea the birds of the air every living thing that moves on the earth chapter 2 verse 7 and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being that word their living being actually means speaking spirit that's a whole nother message but we'll get into he created you he said he breathed into him and made man a speaking spirit or a living being he created you to be a speaker and to go around and light be that's what he created you for he created you to go into worlds of darkness and chaos without purpose and things that are out of order and to come in and let the spirit of god move upon your heart and say light be walk sorry walk into your you know your little teenage room and take the beats headphone off and just say light be and they just go look at you like well, that's, that's how they're gonna look at you like what are you talking about that's crazy but but listen he that's what man that's just part of it you just create to be a speaking spirit he breathed his life into you breath of life it's two words but it actually means breath aided entirely by the creator by sharing his own breath with him. Come on, God breathed. He shared his own life. I mean, what other way could dirt come alive unless the breath of God, he breathed into his nostrils, and all of a sudden, dirt wasn't dirt no more. Something happened just, it's the sinew and the joints and the bone and the marrow all came together just like 
whenever he spoke to the dry bones in that valley, things just started moving. Why? Because the word of God, the light of God took something that was without form and chaotic and just a bunch of muck and the light of God's word totally made you. He's mindful of you. He'll visit you. He'll, have dominion. He'll give you dominion. He'll crown you. Come on, what is man? All of that and more. Come on, we just scratched the surface. Next week, we'll start and we'll try to talk about purpose and where we are now. This is Genesis in chapter 1. But how many of y'all know things got messed up again? The devil messed up things again. But through Jesus Christ, come on, we get it all back. Praise God. Let's pray together this morning.